0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 970, air date June 22nd, 2021. All right. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai. Um, It's good to be back. As many of you know, I've been extremely busy uh, organizing lawyers and the legal stuff that we're doing for our important David versus Goliath First Amendment lawsuit. And if people want to know about that, you can go to winbackfreedom.com. As you know, we're making history, and uh, people are joining us on Instagram, where we've shown that it is the government that has created a state apparatus and infrastructure to suppress speech of every American citizen. And uh, for those of you who want to know more about it, please go to winbackfreedom.com. And uh, as many of you know, I've been uh, representing myself in federal court, multiple 35 briefs I filed, uh, but now we have a team of lawyers who've also coming in to help with depositions, discovery and briefing. So it's quite exciting. And this was all made possible by our movement for truth, freedom and health. So what I'd like to do before I start, because today's talk, let me bring this up, is really gonna be about uh, one of our scientific talks back. We're gonna get back on track Typically at 4 p.m., I'll try to do a talk on science, but we're gonna go back to the cardiovascular system. As many of you know, about two or three weeks ago, before I had to sort of dive deep into the lawsuit, we were talking about arginine, its effect on the cardiovascular system, and then I talked about caffeine. But today we're gonna use the cytosol systems analysis of how we put both of those together and the effects that they have. So remember, one of the things that systems theory teaches us is that when you look at a complex system like the cardiovascular system, that it is, you can look at a single ingredient, which we did, arginine's effect on nitric oxide release, very important for cardiovascular health, vasodilation. And then we looked also at caffeine, which has almost a uh, antagonistic effect in bringing down um, uh, an out. But what happens when you combine them together? So that's what we're gonna do today. It, and this is part of work that we did um, for uh, the Army uh, Surgeon General who asked me to be part of an expert review committee. And then we did this as a work, in many ways, as public service. So, And this was later published in, the, in one of the Dietary Supplements Journal. So that's what we're going to share with you today. But the goal is uh, to, to educate everyone on a systems approach. So before I start, uh, I want to play a video which will sort of uh, uh, give all of you why a systems approach is important, and my journey uh, to systems thinking. So let me bring that up. Some of you may have seen it before, but I think it's important uh, to review this. So here we go. Okay, so let's play this. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Welcome to VA Shiva. VA Shiva is a product of my journey across East and West, science and tradition, ancient and modern, that brings you the science of systems, so you can become a force for truth, freedom, health. V.A. Shiva is a platform of revolutionary education, community building, and weaponry for unleashing local activism. My journey to V.A. Shiva begins in the chaos of Bombay, where I experienced diverse religions, languages, castes, and in a small village that had no running water, no electricity, where my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practiced Siddha, an ancient system of Indian medicine over 10,000 years old. She observed one's face, the art of Samudrika Lakshanam, to understand a body's unique constitution, allowing her to deliver the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Watching my grandmother heal others, I was inspired to study medicine, but I was also aware of the corrupt caste system of India, which denigrated a human being, where my family were considered low caste, untouchables, where one's birth determined one's destiny. The grit and determination of my mother and father led them to get educated and to come to America, a one in a trillion event. Their actions inspired me to work hard and excel. While in ninth grade, I attended New York University in a computer science program, and subsequently, at the age of 14, was given a full-time job as a research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. There, I investigated the system of sleep, using mathematics, computer science, and biology for sudden infant death syndrome. It was there in Newark where I invented email when I was the first to convert every feature of the physical paper-based office mail system, including inbox, outbox, memo, carbon copy, blind carbon copy, attachments, into its electronic equivalent, a system which I named email, a term that I was the first to coin. On August 30th, 1982, I was awarded the first US copyright for the invention of this system, recognizing me as the inventor of email. At that time, copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I went on to MIT where I earned four degrees across multiple systems of engineering, electrical, mechanical, design, biological. That training led me to invent many other systems for advancing humankind. Echomail, the world's first intelligent email management system. Cytosolve a computational biology system for eliminating animal testing to discover new medicines faster, cheaper, and safer, and to the creation of a whole systems methodology for certifying clean food. These innovations led me back on a Fulbright to India, where I discovered the missing link between Eastern medicine and Western systems theory, honoring my grandmother, to develop Your Body, Your System, a powerful tool that will help you understand how your body is a system, and how the inputs of food, supplements, and exercise bring your body back to its natural system state. And Systems Health, an integrative educational discipline that is now integrated into the VA Shiva platform that will enable you to learn the science of systems, the science of everything, be it your body as a system or our society and politics as a system, to reveal the foundational interrelationships between truth, freedom, and health. Now is the time for you to be the light learn the science of systems, build community, and weaponize yourself to unleash the activism necessary to deliver truth, freedom, health in your local community. Welcome to VA Shiva. All right, everyone, I hope that was valuable. uh, uh, all of you, welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about, we're going to do one of our systems biology talks on really looking at the cardiovascular system and how two ingredients interact, uh, one of them being caffeine, the other being arginine. Um, and if you go back and look at the previous talks I did a couple of weeks ago, you can look at individually how we analyze, but today we're going to do something very cool. We're going to look at what happens when arginine and caffeine combine. Now, the reason I do these talks in addition to the political talks is to engage everyone to recognize that when you look at a political system or a cardiovascular system or biological systems, they all follow the same systems principles. That's why there's a little ticker running here called truthfreedomandhealth.com. And And the only way out of the uh, very nonsensical Republican Democrat left-right nonsense, which has really been created so we as individuals, we as working people do not unite and build a bottoms up movement. And that is what our movement is about. We have to get our uh, you know, consciousness raised and recognize that the political system is not about anything founded on fundamental science. For that matter, system science is actually founded on taking advantage of people. So we as working people, black and white, left and right, never come together as a group fighting for our own interests rather one day we'll support obama another day we support trump one day bernie one day DeSantis, tulsi gabbard whatever the elites are working towards so i encourage everyone to go to truthfreedomhealth.com and i'll come back and do, sh- share with you more what the program is and learn the science of systems the science of systems is really the nuclear physics of politics but that's science you can apply to anything and today we're going to be applying that at the molecular systems level. So uh, I, so let's begin. So let me uh, just jump right in and go right into our slide set. And as you can see, it's, uh, it's arginine and caffeine on cardiovascular health. Um, so what we're going to learn today is, first of all, what is arginine? We'll review that. What is caffeine? Uh, Arginine's effects on biological functions. Oops, let me bring this up. Sorry about this let me uh, bring back the PowerPoint, which I forgot to bring up. Sorry about that. Share screen window. There we go. Okay. So um, we also make it available for our Instagram viewers. There we go. Sorry about that. Okay. So we're going to really look at the effects of what is arginine. We're going to look at what is um, caffeine at the molecular level. Then we're going to review the uh, effects of arginine's effects on biological functions. should be only once. Caffeine's effects on biological functions. Uh, This should actually be, one second, I'm gonna edit it right here. This should be caffeine's, there we go. Okay, Uh, there we go, okay, there we go. All right, bring this back up. And let's go back to this again. Let's go back to the video file here. Sorry about that. Uh, share screen. Here we go. Okay. So agenda: Why? Sorry about that. We're going to look at arginine's effects on biological functions, arginine's health benefits. We're going to look at caffeine's effects on biological functions, caffeine's health benefits, and then we're going to look at the synergistic effects of arginine and caffeine on cardiovascular health, and then we're going to look at the clinical uh, 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 the clinical evidence. On dosaging, how much should you take or should not take? So let's just jump right in. First of all, what is arginine? All right, so if you're seeing this right here, arginine is actually a molecule. First of all, it's an amino acid. You know, there's different kinds of amino acids, um, but what's fascinating is arginine is actually a semi-essential amino acid. It's a, in some ways, it's a new category. They had essential and non-essential, and it's the structural component of many proteins. And you can see on the left side, Characteristically, most amino acids have the C double bond OH, which is characteristic of an acid, and this NH2 group, nitrogen plus hydrogen. So this far piece really represents, uh, typically most amino acids um, always have this. And then you see this chain here, the chain can vary, arginine has NH, NH2, NH, so on. But uh, it's one of the most metabolically versatile amino acids. It's not, it's semi-essential because on the one hand, it is made in the body, which makes it non-essential because if your body is in good shape, your body will make it. But it's essential when your body is does not make it for growing organisms after trauma or during various diseases. So just to be clear, the reason we call it semi-essential is in the normal case, if your body's in good shape, your body will make it, which means it's non-essential, right? You don't need it from outside. But it also is essential when it's not made by the body, when people are undergoing stressful conditions, your body may not make it. So it's a semi-essential amino acid. So now what is the source of arginine? Well, it can be produced by the body from scratch. Your body will make it, make it. It can also be produced from the breakdown of proteins. You eat food, your body breaks it down. So it can be obtained from diet. Now as a dietary supplement, L-arginine is considered to be generally safe. All right. Now as we talked about last time, uh, there's been over 131,358 research articles written on arginine, quite extensive. I would probably say it's one of the most well-researched molecules. Yeah, someone said Ankemonis, um, they said, uh, I take this before workout. Yeah, so some people, you know, uh, when I used to do a lot of bodybuilding, you can take uh, uh, arginine plus a broad spectrum amino acid is called precursor loading before you work out with a vitamin and then you typically take it afterwards, okay? But uh, for repair, and typically you can take another amino acid called glutamine, but you can, the main point here is over 52 years of scientific research, a lot of work has been done on arginine. And uh, let's talk about caffeine. Now caffeine is a natural stimulant. It's one of the most widely taken psychoactive stimulants globally. Uh, many of you remember we also covered this in our talk earlier. Uh, uh, if, if you wanna go review that, you can. I encourage everyone to go do that, but we did a detailed talk on uh, on caffeine. And it's, you know, as a as states here, it's one of the most widely, it's one of the most widely taken psychoactive stimulants globally. It's also a natural pesticide, believe it or not. It can keep away bugs and pests. It's found in more than 60 plants but definitely coffee beans, uh, cacao beans, cola nuts, guarana berries, tea leaves, and yerba mate. So um, it comes in many, many ways, obviously most popular is in coffee beans. Um, again, unlike arginine, which if you go back here, it has 131,000 research articles. Now, this is about a third of it. So arginine is much more well-researched, but still is quite a number, 35,519 research articles, um, it's uh, over you know, 1,600 clinical trials and 55 years of scientific research. Again, if we go to uh, Argonine here, over 2,200 clinical trials. So nearly about 50% more clinical trials were done on arginine. So clearly, uh, people have s- seen a lot of benefit or interest in both of these important supplements. Now, Cytosol, as many of you know, is a technology that I built for my PhD work at, at MIT and that work was really and I'll, ta- I'll I'll share a little bit more about it but you know back in 2000 and um, 2003 I went back to MIT because my interest was always in medicine but I hated the way western medicine split up the body not taking a systems approach but in 2003 one of the important things that happened and I'll uh, I'll share with a quick video on this is that there was a Phenomenal change in biology where people recognize that we're not our genes alone, that we really needed to get deeper into understanding biology. So I went back to MIT in 2003 to create another innovation called Cytosol. But what Cytosol allows us to do is Cytosol allows us to mathematically model, learn more about this. But when I first created Cytosol, you know, I was really upset with the way pharmaceutical companies, first of all, uh, they create products which can kill people, have side effects. And I thought that my uh, tool would help them mathematically model stuff so they could eliminate a lot of animal testing and save a lot of people's lives. We work with a couple of people who had us model different diseases, but the senior people at many of these pharmaceutical companies don't care about that. So, you know, today, hundred percent of the work we do is with natural product companies, but it can really help people understand what the synergy is. So Cytosoft can literally take all these papers extract out the knowledge, all those, you know, 130,000, 35,000, and figure out what's in those papers and extract out the molecular pathways. So we can build literally molecular models without having to, to eliminate animal testing. And some of you may know the entire pharmaceutical industry has a major problem right now. And that problem is that they're failing. Many people think pharmaceutical companies are doing great. It's actually not true. Over the last 20 years, pharmaceutical companies are tanking because when you look at this, a way that they develop their, quote unquote, pharmaceutical drugs or their medicines is that it takes them 15, 13 to 15 years to figure out if a drug works. They create lots of side effects. It's very expensive. And in fact, even the FDA is not allowing many of their drugs through the pipeline because of the negative side effects. This is why, pharma companies are moving to the jabination, as I call it, the jabines, okay? Because there's no testing needed, very little. Thanks to Trump, he warp speeded everything, right? And you can't sue pharma, uh, pharma uh, vaccine manufacturers. So pharmaceutical companies are moving towards the jabination model, but their industry is completely crashing and burning. And the reason is because they are relying on an old model, a very, very archaic model of Uh, defining medicines, where they figure out a compound, they test it in a test tube, they kill a bunch of animals, and they have to go through all this human testing. And even the stuff that comes out doesn't even work. And you can see right here, year over year, pharma companies are spending more and more money on R&D and less and less new drugs are even being allowed by the FDA, all right? So um, let me share with you uh, a little more of a detailed video that'll help you understand more about cytosol, and we'll come back to this. So let me go back here. Let me bring back, okay, uh, so oops. let me just bring this back. And I want to share with you a, a little video that'll educate you on what cytosol is. So let me bring it right up here and hope you enjoy this. It'll give you a little more education. Who would have ever thought someone like me would invent email and create Cytosolve to revolutionize health for personalized and precision medicine, a system for delivering the right medicine for the right person at the right time. I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. As a child, I observed my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practice Siddha, India's oldest system of medicine, to heal local villagers by observing their face, to know their unique constitution, to deliver a unique combination of foods, healing herbs and massage the caste system and her abilities to heal inspired me to understand the interconnectedness of all life my name is Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai I'm an MIT PhD a Fulbright scholar a scientist technologist and inventor my family and I left India to come to America on my 7th birthday as a 14 year old I began working as a full time research fellow at Rutgers Medical School to unravel the mysteries of sudden infant death syndrome SIDS and created the world's first email system long before I ever heard MIT, As I traverse academia over the next three decades, I observe self-serving academics never solving real problems, writing grant after grant, competing for tenure while diminishing real science and real scientists, pushing a reductionist science to destroy the scientific method. Like the blind men who never saw the whole elephant, but the parts, they delivered a dismembered view of reality. I observe Big Pharma use such reductionism, wasting billions year after year to fund research in test tubes, killing animals, and using the poor as guinea pigs for clinical testing to create products that even the FDA no longer allowed. Not only Big Pharma practices this reductionism, but also the elites of Big Vitamin, Big Green, and Big New Age with gurus and yogis empowered by Hollywood celebrities selling one supplement after another based on a cherry-picked science. All that changed in 2003 when the Human Genome Project ended, revealing that humans have the same number of genes, about 20,000, as that of a worm, giving rise to a systems biology. We realized that one size fits all medicine was a failure, We realized their medicines were killing us, making today's generation's lifespan shorter than any previous generation. Obesity, heart disease, deaths from adverse reaction to drugs, confusion on what diet, what supplements, and who to believe is what they have delivered you. They push natural and organic products for your beauty and wellness, while their real solution is their plastic surgeons and Botox. We've been sold out. It's time for real science, a system science that interconnects the parts to discover truth, to know what really works, to get the health we need and deserve. This is why I created Cytosol. Cytosol is about truth, freedom, and health versus power, profit, and control. Cytosol is a revolutionary technology integrating bioinformatics, computational biology, mathematical modeling, decentralization to reveal the truth. Cytosolv computes trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions to discover what actually works based on the actual science. No reductionism, no cherry-picking. Cytosol's predictive modeling has been proven accurate time and time again, matching laboratory results. Cytosol discovers synergistic Combinations of compounds to maximize health and reduce toxicity for example we know curcumin from turmeric and resveratrol from red grapes alleviate inflammation but how much should we combine current methods are hand-waving at best here with cytosol we first model the control condition with no curcumin and no resveratrol to simulate high inflammation with the cytokine level at 0.15 micromolar next we add just five micromolars of curcumin the inflammation drops to 0.05 next we use five micromolars of resveratrol and the Inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.06. But when we combine curcumin and resveratrol of 3 micromolars of curcumin and 2 micromolars of resveratrol, inflammation (coughs) drops from 0.15 to 0.03. Far lower, nearly 200%, less than just one compound alone. That's the synergy principle of system science. We've all had enough of their fake and reductionist science. They think we'll simply keep buying their marketing, their celebrities, and their products that can never truly heal us. We don't need them. Great things come when we integrate the best of things. It's our time it's time we delivered solutions for ourselves it's time for truth freedom and health it's time for Cytosolve. welcome so anyway so that gives you an idea of Cytosolve. so Cytosolve is really an engine that can help us um, use the existing pieces of scientific research so if you think about something like cardiovascular health you know hundreds of thousands of scientists all over the world in labs are doing little pieces of scientific research. And what Cytosol allows us to do is to really understand at the molecular systems level, what they're doing, and then to put these pieces together. So, um, we can literally create a holistic understanding from a molecular systems level. So that's what Cytosol allows us to do. So, um, what I want to also emphasize to people is over the last, you know, probably the last five years now, um, we up until then, we're helping lots of, uh, you know, these very small mom and pop shop plus large um, vitamin and supplement companies really figure out whether their stuff really worked. Most of the stuff in vitamin stores is frankly snake oil. People just put a lot of marketing in it, like big vitamin in some ways becoming as bad as big pharma. But what Cytosol does, it it, really is a source of scientific truth. We can really figure out, does it work or not? And if so, why it works? Because it turns out in the area of supplements, there are some amazing products that in fact do work. But with all the noise out there, it's hard to explain to people what does. So in our own endeavors over the last two years, because of all the mathematical models we built over the last 16 years, we said, hey, why don't we look at something like pain and inflammation and we literally modeled the molecular pathways and we discovered out of that a combination of uh, we literally ran through trillions of uh, combinations. And we discovered a combination of uh, naturally occurring compounds, not pharmaceutical compounds, that when you put them together, it has a profound effect on discomfort and pain. So um, and those of you who are interested in that, you know, some of you, we we created this product about, you uh, Two months ago, we really pushed it out there, and because of all the COVID nonsense, uh, we weren't able to even get capsules and caps, but we've solved that. So those of you who ordered, please email me if you haven't gotten it, vashiva.com, VHG and we're getting a, a new supply coming in. But I just wanted to let you know that at a, at a, at a, at a fundamental level, what the the engine that we've created here... Really helps us get down to the scientific source of truth, so we don't have to do guesswork anymore. Hey, does this product work? Does this supplement work or not? So um, uh, uh, with Cytosolve, we're actually, you know, we don't even do animal testing, right? We're actually able to figure out what works and what doesn't. So MV twenty five is one of it's a, it's a one of our uh, inventions that came out of our work from Cytosolve. You can go online and you can find it. And the labeling, as you notice, says momentum to move. M is mass, V is velocity. So that was sort of the naming. We really branded it around, uh, you know, Dr. Shiva and the systems biologists, which is very different than simply putting out some supplement out there. And we are noting that it's optimized by cytosol. And if you have a chance to look at the label, it says Dr. Shiva's MV25 was formulated using the cytosol computational systems biology engine. And what that means is that this... Uh, Engine allowed us to literally uh, mathematically go through, first of all, thousands of peer-reviewed journals, extract out the molecular pathways, and we ran literally trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular reactions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds. And when we say cytosol optimized, that means this formula has been optimized to maximize benefits and bioavailability. Now, as the science changes, So will the formula because science is constantly changing. So we're not stuck. And the other piece you may want to look at, it's clean certified. It's created in the United States um, and it's GMP certified. So if anyone wants to know more, go to VHIVA.com, click on the shop, and you can literally go to the shop and you can find MV25 there. So that's just a uh, number of you were asking, have we made our own products? Where are we at? But the point is that we're gonna be really, someone just put up on the thing, are we gonna be looking at products that can break up plaque? So we just started our cardiovascular project where we're literally modeling the molecular pathways. I mean, we did this many years ago on nitric oxide, but we're expanding it. And we're gonna start looking at combinations of compounds. That's why the work I'm sharing with you today is important because the reality is pharmaceutical companies just focus on a single molecule synthesized drug that doesn't occur in nature. The vitamin companies are just throwing a bunch of crap in and no one knows if it works or not. That's why there's so much confusion. But with cytosol, we can literally use the existing science, integrate molecular pathways and find out what works. So when we look at something like arginine, as we've talked about earlier, just again, this is review for some of you. If you saw the earlier uh, presentation on arginine, what we find with arginine is that when you look at arginine, you find out something fascinating. First of all, it's, uh, an important part of several metabolic pathways that maintain body function. So the Krebs cycle, very important for energy, urea cycle, very important for detoxification, nitric oxide metabolism. So nitric oxide metabolism is what relaxes your blood vessels and supports immune response. And arginine is also extremely important in maintaining your acid-base balance, You know, acid-alkaline balance. So you have, you know, um, Neutral pH in the body. So think about all the things that arginine does. It's an amazing modulating molecule. All right. So that's arginine, and you can look at the various source of arginine: turkey, pork loin, chicken. If you're a meat eater, but it also comes from many plant sources. Okay. It comes from such things as um, you can see it: uh, spirulina, dairy products, you know, peanuts, chickpeas, pumpkin seeds, lentils, sunflower seeds, watermelon seeds, soybeans. A lot of seeds. If you notice. Um, is where you can find arginine. So what are the effects of arginine? Well, first of all, it's involved in metabolism of proteins, okay? Uh, Structural functions, urea, detoxification, creatine. So um, arginine is essential to metabolizing creatine, which is important for muscle regeneration. Polyamines, cell growth function, nitric oxide, vasorelaxation immune function, proline metabolism, glutamate, neurotransmission function, uh, Agmatine, which is neuroprotective function. So arginine is one of those very amazing um, uh, amino acids that's involved in so many different biological functions. So what are the health benefits? Well, cardiovascular disease, such as hypertension, arteriosclerosis, sclerosis, peripheral arterial disease, erectile dysfunction, congestive heart failure, all of those are a function of a healthy cardiovascular system. And arginine over those 132,000 papers has been shown to be valuable for that. Athletic performance, burns and trauma, in fact, cancer, syndrome X, gastrointestinal diseases, uh, immunomodulation, and in fact, dementia. So this is all from the known research today. Um, Caffeine, so let's look at that. Well, caffeine, as some of you may know, is a plant-derived alkaloid, okay? Um, It's, uh, you know, average, uh, uh, you know, dietary, Caffeine consumption in U.S. adults is around 200 milligrams per day. The half-life in adults is three to seven hours. So again, caffeine is also extremely, uh, you know, it's, it's a ubiquitous thing, but it's, it's a plant-derived xanthine alkaloid. So the most powerful things in the plant world are things called alkaloids, okay? So just keep that in mind. Um, and after you have a cup of coffee, right, or... or uh, it typically will last three to seven hours. That's why you know it's probably not that good to drink coffee late at night. And again, different people metabolize coffee in different ways. So, what are the biological effects of caffeine? Well, it's a stimulant for the central nervous system. It's anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. Makes you you know urinate. It's a diuretic. Um, so, what are the health benefits of caffeine? Well, obviously, it increases alertness. It increases energy. It's also been found to be anti-cancerous anti-neurodegenerative disease like Alzheimer's it improves physical endurance, reduction of fatigue, uh, improved focus and weight loss. All right? So these are some of the important benefits of caffeine. Now the adverse effects, it can create anxiety, restlessness, blurred vision, insomnia, muscle twitches, elevated or irregular heart rate and elevated blood pressure in some people. All right? So what I wanna do is I wanna now Review the cardiovascular system, because remember, one of the things that I want to emphasize to everyone is the movement that we've created for Truth, Freedom and Health, which I encourage everyone to go sign up. This is a way you can support what we do. But it's really for you to recognize we need to take a systems approach. If you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, but the cardiovascular system is also a system. Okay, it's a complex system nonetheless. So we want to review the cardiovascular system. So everyone has an opportunity to. I'm going to point this over here, just so um, because I want to do this temporarily because we have an issue where we may lose juice. So I'm going to point for Instagram people. Sorry about that. I'm going to point you guys over here temporarily. Okay. So when you look at the when you look at the cardiovascular system, I want to take a systems approach so all of you really get a little bit of a biology education and know what the cardiovascular system is. And it's important to understand as we review the effects of arginine and caffeine on it. So, let's, so you're gonna learn a pretty good biology lesson here. So let's just jump to understanding the cardiovascular system, all right? So when we look at the cardiovascular system, it is composed of many, many uh, subsystems, okay? And that makes sense, right? So when we look at this, let me make this a little bit bigger for our audience on on uh, Instagram. So when we look at the cardiovascular system, what is a cardiovascular system? It's the transport system of the body. When you take the system's course, you'll understand that transport is a very important phenomenon because a transport system is very it is the thing that moves information, matter, and energy. So the transport system of the body, in this case, we're moving, it's the heart, which pumps blood. And the cardiovascular system is composed of a couple of things, okay? It's composed of the heart, right, the, the blood vessels, and blood, okay? So when you think about the cardiovascular system, just remember, it's composed of these three things, the heart, which is a pump, the blood vessels, which we're going to review, and the blood itself. Now, the heart is one of the most powerful muscles that's responsible for pumping blood throughout the body, right? In the United States, it's the number one, heart disease is the number one source of death. Um, blood vessels are the things that carry the blood and nutrients to all parts of the body. We'll review that. And what is blood? Blood is not just the red stuff, the red blood cells, which carry oxygen, but it's also composed of plasma. So blood involves the red blood cells, but it also involves the white blood cells. Okay. The white blood cells are extremely important because that's the part of the cardiovascular system that makes sure you know, your immune system supported. The white blood cells are where we have all the immune supportive cells. And what you can see here in this diagram here, we can go into a little bit deeper, but you, you see right here, the heart. Here in the heart, we have, first of all, we have this thing called the left atrium over here. Um, and, you know, we're looking at it from the right side, but if, 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 if on your left side, it'd be your left part of your heart, If you're if it's your heart, and you have the right atrium. And below that, the big pieces at the bottom are called ventricle. So you have the left ventricle and the right ventricle. Okay. So start, look at the left side here. Um, right here on the left ventricle, you have the thing that's literally pumping oxygenated blood throughout your body. So the, the red here is oxygenated blood that gets pumped and it goes through the rest of your body into the capillaries, which are the very, very small vessels. All right. And here... Um, after your, you know, your body uses up this great oxygenated blood, you're getting the deoxygenated blood coming back up into your right atrium. So if you're looking at your own body and you touch the right, you know, your right arm and you look at the right side of your heart, that's your right atrium. And this is pumping the deoxygenated blood down to your right ventricle, which then goes up to your lungs and things get oxygenated. And here you get nice, fresh red blood cells. So that's how this circuitry works. Okay. So I want to take a closer look at these vessels because these vessels are what's important to understand where arginine and caffeine affect things. All right. Let me see how everyone's doing. Everyone. Okay. I know we're hitting you guys with a lot of information here, but we're going to now go into looking at these vessels. Okay. You have veins and you have arteries and, but at the minutia level, you have things called capillaries and you're going to see that the arteries and veins are composed of different structures, but the capillaries are really composed, the surface of them of something called endothelial cells. One of the most important things that's emerging more and more that to really have great cardiovascular health, you need to have good endothelial function, okay? Which are the cells that line your capillaries throughout your body. So if you really wanna sort of the big takeaway we'll get into is that endothelial, function is key to cardiovascular health. Endothelial dysfunction leads to all sorts of cardiovascular problems. So I'll explain this. All right. So let's go into a little bit deeper and understand what that means. All right. So if you now go deeper, the blue here represents a vein, which is carrying deoxygenated blood. The red is the arteries, which are carrying oxygenated blood. So your aorta, for example, plumps oxygenated blood. And so if you look at at a cellular level, oxygenated blood is being pumped through your capillaries here. The left side is oxygenated blood in red. And as it's being utilized by your body through the capillaries, then you get deoxygenated blood, which is carried out by your veins. So veins are carrying the deoxygenated blood, OK, back to your lungs. And, and, and it gets... Um, uh, and 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 you're, you know uh, and then your lungs oxygenate it, send it down through your arteries. Okay, but in summary, the arteries are the large blood vessels that carry oxygenated blood. The veins, the blue ones, are large blood vessels that carry deoxygenated blood, and the capillaries are the smaller v- vessels that deliver these nutrients. Okay, and also pull out the waste back into the veins. Now, if you go even closer and we look at microscopically, what we find out is that be it the arteries or the veins or the capillaries are composed of three structures, the adventitia, which is the outer layer. So the outer layer of the veins, which really provides structural support. The tunica media is composed, which is a middle part here, which is composed of really the muscular tissue and the tunica intima, which is the inside of, be it the arteries or the inside of the veins, um, that really consists of endothelial lining which provides fix- frictional uh, pathway of the movement of blood. So uh, when you look at uh, arteries, I mean, the capillaries, the smallest vessels, they're really just tunica intima, which is endothelial. So let me just um, make this clear. So the the key takeaway here that we need to understand is that you have arteries and veins are composed of all three structures. But the capillaries the small things where uh, which are at the, at the microscopic level they're mainly composed of endothelial cells, right? And and so if you go to your bathroom, for example, or you have a kitchen, you look at the tiles, right? Think about every tile being an endothelial cell. So the structure of the capillaries are made up of endothelial cells. So if you want to have the integrity of those endothelial cells are what defines your cardiovascular health, okay? Or your arterial health, all right? So, um, let's go back to this. So when we look here, um, what's important to understand is that we will see very soon that endothelial cells are the place where nitric oxide um, I think time magazine about, I think 10 years ago had an article saying that nitric oxide is a molecule of the century. It was actually the basis of the creation of, uh, of uh, Viagra, right? Because, uh, Viagra actually, uh, really helps, uh, release nitric oxide, which relaxes. And that's where uh, people who had erectile dysfunction, it was helping them. Now, problem is that Viagra has also other side effects, but the point is that nitric oxide is extremely important for vasodilation, which occurs at the capillary level at the endothelial. All right. So, uh, the research I'm going to share is work that I did at MIT with a, a team of great people all over the world, and, and, and where cytosol was employed. So I'm going to share with you that because nitric oxide is a key to understand here. If we understand nitric oxide, it really gives you an insight into cardiovascular health and particularly endothelial functions. So let's go into that and um, go a little bit deeper now. Now that we understand the cardiovascular system, so. Role of nitric oxide. OK, so here is nitric oxide. It's nitrogen double bonded to O, but it's not, uh, nitric oxide is a va- vasodilator. It's extremely important maintaining blood pressure. It's anti arthrogenic, right? Um, someone just wrote Viagra requires a person to have some levels of nitric oxide to work if someone levels are too low. Exactly. Thank you. Um, now, it's anti atherogenic right, anti atherosclerosis and it's generated, so nitric oxide gets generated um, by enos catalysis of L-arginine. Argin- so enos is an enzyme which catalyzes L-arginine. And when you exercise, for example, blood starts moving through your arteries, through your veins and through your capillaries, and, and that's what exercise does, and that's called shear stress. Shear is uh, force of blood, which is perpendicular, right, to um, the, the endothelial cells, right? So your endothelial cells are there, and we'll, we'll look at this, and that triggers NO production. So if you want to think about it, if you look at this diagram here, and uh, I want to thank one of my former colleagues at MIT Andrew Ku for this, but you see here is a capillary, and you notice all these little hex- hexagons right here, Um, those are literally the the tiles, right? Those, each one of those hexagons is an endothelial cell, okay? So when you exercise, blood starts moving. This is shear stress, which means blood is going, you know, um, parallel uh, to the cells there, or someone could argue, uh, as you'll see, uh, perpendicular to the glycocalyx. But anyway, blood starts moving. And when blood moves, Through a series of chemical reactions, ENOS gets activated, which is an enzyme, and it catalyzes L-arganine into L-citrulline, and you get vasodilation. So blood flow over the endothelial cells, that's why exercise is good, causes nitric oxide production. And endothelial nitric oxide synthase, E-N-O-S, ENOS, converts L-arganine to nitric oxide and citrulline. So when you exercise, the arginine through the ca- ca- catalysis via ENOS, you get citrulline and you also get nitric oxide. And so NO production leads to vasodilation. This should, this is actually, I wanna correct this. Um, this is not right. It's NO production. It's not no production, it's NO production. And so NO production, let me go back to this. So NO production leads in a, in a very important way to, um, let me bring this up. So NO production, Everyone okay? Uh, Yeah. NO production leads to vasodilation and maintenance of blood pressure. Extremely important. Nitric oxide. So I want to share with you the research that I did while at MIT as a part of my Ph.D. work with a number of colleagues at MIT, Brigham and Women's Hospital, Harvard Medical School and King's College. And we really looked at, at at the molecular level what happens. And this is why cytosol is so powerful because so here is the endothelial cell. Think about this as a tile, one of those cells on the walls of the capillaries. Everyone following along? Just make sure everyone's good. How's everyone doing over in Instagram world? Everyone following? How's everyone over here? Okay, everyone good? All right, so what we're looking now at is, imagine the capillary, and you're looking at the surface of the capillary, and we're looking at one endothelial cell, okay? And uh, that endothelial cell, we're gonna zoom in on that endothelial cell, all right? And what do you see here? On the surface of that endothelial cell, there's a very interesting structure here. Let me bring this up. Right here, you can see this. It looks like a little Christmas tree. So here's the endothelial cell. On the surface of it is this little Christmas tree. When blood flows, this Christmas tree starts shaking. And through a series of chemical reactions, nitric oxide gets released. And so the blood flow over the endothelial cell moves a glycocalyx structure on the membrane and the mechanical forces on the glycocalyx initiates a conversion of L-arginine to nitric oxide by enzyme enos, okay? So, um, what now if you look at all the chemical reactions here and you read the literature, like those 132,000 papers, you will find out that there's all these chemical reactions here, okay? Um, There's uh, calcium influx, which is involved in in, uh, nitric oxide release, ENOS expression, ENOS phosphorylation. Basically, simply put, there's many, many, there's many, many chemical reactions that are involved in the release of nitric oxide. Now, with cytosol, we're able to take all those chemical reactions, extract out the molecular pathways, interconnect them, Cytosol allows us to do, and then mathematically model it. And this was not possible before the creation of cytosol. So the researchers at Harvard and Brigham actually were literally in vitro in quote unquote in the test tube were mod, not modeling, but they actually were getting data of what happens when blood flows and how much nitric oxide is released. The work we did with cytosol was could we literally look at the chemical reactions and understand what's going on. Again, this is why it's powerful because we can eliminate the need for animal testing. So what, what you see here is what we di- did here was we, we took all of these molecular pathways, put them all together into Cytosol, modeled all those. And what do you see here? So we're looking at how much ENOS mRNA, which is the messenger RNA that creates ENOS concentration. So this is from Cytosol. This black line is a prediction from Cytosol without killing any animals, all done on the computer how much enos, which is this enzyme will be released from shear flow. And this is what's so impressive is this orange dots are the actual test tube results, meaning done in the wet lab. So this is our computer results and that's the wet lab results. What's powerful about this is this shows that computer modeling can give very close results to the actual wet lab results. Again, we're looking at how much enos is uh, protein concentration prediction and there you have the actual results. So this was the first paper to really show that we can use Cytosol to accurately, mathematically model very complex functions, all right? And this is important because this shows that you don't have to go killing animals. You don't have, you can figure out lots of issues way before. And, you know, I, you know, many years ago, we even, Why don't you use our thing so you can save a lot of people's lives? In fact, one of the researchers allowed us to model a very complex disease called lupus. And we had some amazing results. And suddenly the entire innovation group at Pfizer disappeared because these pharma companies really don't care about in many ways to really take new approaches. They're just living in the old world because they make a lot of money by doing their medieval models, right? So that's why this approach is important. Now, the good news I have to share is that the gold standard is if you get something like this published, and we were very fortunate to get this published in one of the leading journals in the world called Cells Biophysical Journal. You can see as one of the lead authors with two other people from MIT, number of people from MIT, King's College. So this was the first time we showed that we could do very complex modeling. Now, given that background, let's really talk about Now, you know the cardiovascular system, you've gotten a pretty good education. You understand what is arginine as a molecule, understand what is caffeine. We understand how, when blood flows, right? How nitric oxide gets released. And we also have um, the model of nitric oxide. So now what we wanna do is, in a previous video, I looked just at arginine. And in a previous video, uh, after that, I looked just as caffeine. But what happens when you combine them together, okay? And this work that we did was many years ago, I gave a talk at Walter Reed Medical Hospital and one of the leading, at that time, the Army Surgeon General Eric Schumacher was in the audience and he said, he appointed me to be an expert uh, on one of the councils that he had created. Um, Yes. Yeah, I need about 10 minutes, yeah. So um, our dogs just got a grooming, so I have to uh, make sure they were done okay. But one of the important things is we we uh, we um, uh, I was asked to essentially be on this expert review commi- committee where they were looking because soldiers were taking arginine and caffeine and Yohimbine and bitter orange and creatine. Soldiers were taking all these supplements and some of them were getting adverse reactions. The military and the army really wanted to know what were the adverse effects. Right. Were they toxic? So I saw the old way that they were doing it with spreadsheets, it was pretty medieval. I I offered our service and I said, look, I'll do this as just as a public service to support the soldiers. So we literally took it arginine and caffeine and the combination. So let me share with you that research on the combination. And I think you'll enjoy this work. So now we're looking at arginine and caffeine. And this was again done for uh, the army and, and the USP. And this was recently published. So what we did was we took all those molecular pathways of nitric oxide, which we modeled, And we first just took arginine. And what we did was we also looked at varying levels of human beings. We've modeled with various levels of of hypertension. High ADMA levels mean that you have high hypertension, low means you're normal, okay? Now, asymmetric dimethylarginine ADMA, is an analog of arginine. Now, ADMA is a naturally occurring product of metabolism found in human circulation. And elevated levels of ADMA, you don't want this, inhibit NO synthesis and therefore impair endothelial function, thus promote arteriosclerosis. Now, ADMA levels are increased in people with hyperchlorosteremia, arteriosclerosis, hypertension, chronic heart failure, diabetes, mellitus, and and chronic renal failure. So in this model, what we did is we also were able to manipulate ADMA levels so we could simulate people with cardiac issues. So what you see here is, first of all, In the first case, we're just giving arginine, okay? We're going from uh, 40 micromolars of arginine at the cell surface, all the way to people with 300 micromolars. And what you can see here is ADMA levels of two, meaning this is normal. If, If you have no cardiac issues and you notice the nitric oxide level goes from about 100% and it goes up to about 110%. So if you're in good cardiovascular health, arginine has a little bit of effect. Okay. It doesn't really help you a lot. So that's ADMA levels of two micromolar, right? So that, so the blue just to keep it simple means you're in good shape. Okay. Now the next thing we did is what happens when you have people with a higher level of ADMA, right? Which means they're not in bad shape, but they may have some cardiovascular function. What you you see here is arginine is very valuable. So if you have a little bit of hypertension, as you give more arginine notice, you go back up to your 100%. You want to be at 100% level of NO. So arginine is very valuable for people who have some level of hypertension. Now you're looking at people with higher levels of hypertension. And what you see here is that that, that's a green bar. So again, people who have hypertension may have low levels of arginine at 80% of the normal level. And as you give arginine, guess what? It lets you get back up to 100%. Arginine, very, very valuable. That's what this research showed. Let's look at someone who has serious cardiac issues where ADMA levels are at this level, 16 micromolar, their NO output is only 60%. And as you give more and more arginine, it brings them up to 95%. So the the point being here, the key takeaway is arginine is definitely valuable for people of cardiovascular dysfunction, okay? As represented by ADMA. So as you take arginine, it increases your cardiovascular function as demonstrated by nitric oxide release. All right. I hope that's clear. All right. And by the way, this is all brought to you by Cytosol. Cytosol did all of this wonderful modeling um, to really understand this. And, but behind these graphs, we know the molecular mechanisms. Next, we looked at coffee alone. So if you take one cup of coffee, right? Look, your nitric oxide levels drops from hundred percent down around, you know, let's say that that's, uh, 90, around 85%. Okay? If you take high coffee consumption, your nitric oxide level drops down to 80%. If you take super high, there are supplements out there, um, and the one we were looking at that the military was using, uh, a soldier, was C4, your nitric oxide level can drop seriously down to 60%, right? Which is like the equivalent of taking like 40 cups of coffee. That's like one cup of coffee, five cups of coffee, and you're looking at around 40 cups of coffee. Okay? So you're seeing that caffeine literally drops nitric oxide levels now what happens so this is normal coffee high coffee intake and C4 right so the net of it is nitric oxide really diminishes your nitric uh, coffee I'm uh, sorry caffeine really diminishes your your um, your level of nitric oxide now what happens now now we're gonna go to the fun stuff with cytosol uh, what happens you, you know when you do, experiments with humans or animals. First, you gotta find all the people who just do arginine and you gotta find the control group. And then you gotta find the people who just do caffeine and no caffeine. And then if you have to do these combinations, it's very difficult, but in silico, on the computer with cytosol, we can actually model this, okay? So here we're looking at what happens when you have, when you're giving people combinations of arginine and caffeine. And the third dimension is with people with different levels of hypertension, okay? So let's look at that, all right? So what we're doing here is in the first case, we're looking at people who are getting just so this graph. Now everything here is just one cup of coffee. Okay. So we're just looking at people who, who just take one cup of coffee and the four bars here are people with different levels of hypertension and the X axis. We're just, we gave a little bit of arginine, which means you have 40 units of arginine concentration at the cell surface. And as you can see here, with one cup of coffee and you just give a little bit of arginine, the people with normal hypertension or no hypertension, you know, versus the people with high hypertension, the the purple, notice that your NO levels are really low, almost 45%. Now, when you give more arginine, okay, even though you took one cup of coffee, the, the NO levels come up. And particularly look at the purple graph here. These are people with serious hypertension that comes up to now 60%. And then look at when we give more arginine here, the the normal people are now up to about, let's say 85%. The people have serious hypertension, the purple are up to close to maybe 70. And then finally, if you give 30, 300 units of micromolar of arginine, they're up to about, you know, 70%. Again, what this shows is that people of high hypertension should be very concerned with taking coffee, and no matter how much arginine you bring, it only brings up up to seventy percent. Okay. Um, now let's look at when people took the supplement, which is like taking forty cups of coffee. Some people who do bodybuilding take this. They should be. What our research showed is again, this reduces their arginine level to nearly forty percent for people with hypertension, and people are normal down at sixty percent, sixty-five percent when they increase arginine. The hypertension people, let's look at the purple, are up to around 50%. When they increase more arginine, they're up to like, you know, maybe 55%. But you notice the people with high hypertension are not able to get over 60%. That's a purple graph. And even if you're normal, your your, your NO levels stay at 70%. So look at this graph carefully. What it shows is, if you're taking the supplementation of this high caffeine, you're gonna lower your nitric oxide levels significantly. And no matter, you know, here we're looking at 300 micromolars. So you better take probably more arginine than this to bring it back up. Okay, so that's what this research showed. And by the way, this we published this in a very uh, serious journal called the Journal of Dietary Supplements. Again, I was one of the senior authors on this with a whole number of great researchers we worked this on. So let me go back to this. So what what have we just discussed here? What we've discussed here is that when you start looking at the synergy of things, You have to be aware that sometimes you have positive effects. Sometimes you're looking at something that's a protagonist and the other is an antagonist. So arginine increases NO levels and, and, and caffeine brings down NO levels. So this is very important to understand. This is why a systems approach is important. So, you know, a lot of people, some people are saying, hey, I take C4 before I go in to work out. Well, if you take a lot of C4 and you have hypertension in your family or genetically, you should make sure you're probably taking adequate amount of arginine or be careful to take C4. So none of this is about bad or good, okay? It's about recognizing that everyone's a unique body and you have to understand your particular framework. Now, in closing, what I want to let you know is this is why we've gone down to the molecular systems level to understand the combination effect. But at the political systems level, you could also understand that it's really important to recognize that um uh let me do one thing here i just want to connect my juice up here before i lose uh, my connection here um one second here um there we go um so it's very very important for us you know to understand that when we look at something like um Uh, these substances like arginine and caffeine and dietary supplements, right? There's not a right or wrong answer. We need to understand it relative to our body. So what you're seeing here is some people can probably take a lot of caffeine and deal with it, right? Um, Because of their genetics and other people can't, but that's why we included the hypertension variable here, right? If you have a proclivity for hypertension, high blood pressure, you gotta be very careful um, with taking large doses of caffeine Argonine can help, bring it back up, but you have to be careful, okay? So, um, to all of you who've enjoyed this, we took a systems approach here today. I also wanna encourage all of you to, to recognize that we have created an entire curriculum based on system science. You can apply these principles to understand political systems, every system. So I wanna share with you a little, um, uh, let me bring back my uh, PowerPoint here. So when you look at truth, freedom and health, you know. What's been happening in the political world world, is there are people who fight for truth, you know, typically you can think about or innovation, the the nerds and the science people. And then over here, there are people fighting for freedom, the people into the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. Right. Then there are people you're fighting for health. They want better, cleaner food. Right. Uh, Non-GMO food. But if you look at all these three movements from a political thing, they've been all separate. Right. The nerds are over here and the quote unquote. Some people call these people, quote unquote, derogatorily rednecks or the yoga Earthy, crunchy granola people. And if you take this systems approach, what you realize is that we need to bring all these movements together to move beyond left and right. And what I want to play for you is many of you may have seen the video, and I'll end with that. But what we've created is a platform. You know, that's been one of my life's journeys to take this system's knowledge, but to also apply it to politics, to develop the quantum physics of political theory. So I wanna encourage all of you to become truth, freedom, and health warriors. By doing that, first you're contributing to yourself, um, you're contributing to our movement, so we can look at biological systems, molecular systems, but also political systems. So I wanna play you a uh, quick video here, which will really explain to you what this movement that we've created is really about. And I want everyone to consider becoming a warrior scholar. So let me play this for you. One of them is a V.A. Shiva Forum. Here you can start discussions. You can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is V.A. Shiva Social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use V.A. Shiva Social to interconnect with your fellow Truth Freedom Health warrior, scholars, and build community. Beyond the education capability and the social media capability, the platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline community. Shiva. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. So anyway, I we just put that video together because a lot of people are asking what is the curriculum on. So I want to encourage all of you to go to truthfreedomhealth.com and become a Warrior Scholar. Uh, It's taken us a long time to build this curriculum. We've built it literally into a platform. So there's the curriculum, the knowledge, then there's the community where you can interconnect with independent of big tech, amazing individuals all over the world, the alumni, and then we're into activism, right? So it's all three. Without this foundational knowledge, people really frankly are going to be stuck in this left, right, Democrat, Republican nonsense, which is what both parties want. They do not want any of you really getting educated and breaking uh, free. So let me, uh, let me, uh, I think I shared a lot of this with you. So, you you know, you can go on the site, you can find out that you can get all this knowledge. We talked about all the books. So please take time to go do that. That video sort of covered it all. So let's go back to, um, let's go back to uh, Argony, Okay. So, what we want to understand is, by the way, these are all the slides that you can go that I just went through. So arginine and caffeine. We also want to take a engineering systems approach, to understanding these. Now, when you use that tool, your body, your system, anyone who signs up and uh, you know, supports a cause, even as a supporter, you get all these uh, these capabilities. But you'll find out that everything in nature can be represented by this triangles, transport, conversion and storage. You'll learn more about that. Um, so the tool actually allows you to figure out what kind of body you are, what kind of system you are, how you can bring, bring your body back to balance. And, and, and there's a couple of very important books that you can get access to when you become a supporter. Now, when you look at arginine, arginine actually increases transport, right? Because it increases flow, right? Um, that's what represented by this arrow growing up in transport. But arginine increases also pitta conversion, right? Because you get the conversion of the creation of nitric oxide. Enos synthase, but arginine relaxes blood vessels, so it lowers storage, right? So it makes you more flexible, right? Vaso dilation. Now, caffeine caffeine also increases transport, caffeine increases conversion, but caffeine stabilizes kapha, All right. So how much should you take? Okay. Now, <clears throat> this is not a medical, um, some medical disclaimer, you should talk to your doctor, but what the literature shows is when it comes to arginine, um, the l arginine for blood sugar regulation, about 6.4 grams per day. That's from McNeil et al. Um, so about six that, that's for people are looking at. Uh, let me bring this back here so people can see. I'm still here. There we go. Okay. Uh, let me come back here. All right. So um, for blood pressure maintenance, 6 to 30 grams per day. That's from McNeil also. And L-argonine for erectile dysfunction, 1.5 to 5 grams per day. So that's sort of what's in the literature today, okay? So anywhere between um, 6 gram, uh, 1.5 grams, all the way up to 30 grams for people with blood pressure maintenance. Um, caffeine, Now, the daily consumption limit, according to Navrat et al., is no more than 400 milligrams. That's caffeine. Now, caffeine for cognition improvement, about 150 milligrams per day. And caffeine for alleviating headaches is 300 to 500 milligrams per day. That's from USEC et al. By the way, this was from Jarvis, uh, 1993. So in conclusion, when we look at arginine and and, uh, caffeine, right, arginine is mostly is a very metabolic you know very versatile amino acid and it really helps support homeostasis krebs cycle urea cycle protein synthesis very very important molecular functions l arginine is a substrate for no which means l arginine helps create no release right which regulates several several cardiovascular functions we talked about blood pressure arterial scler- sclerosis and erectile dysfunction all right caffeine is a double-edged sword. Okay, and that's really the takeaway. It may help with alertness, energy, and neurodegenerative diseases, but it can also have adverse effects, hypertension, arrhythmia, anxiety, and insomnia. So Cytosoft Systems Biology analysis revealed that caffeine suppressed NO production, leading to to hypertension. So in summary, caffeine lowers the NO production, L-arganine increases NO production. I think it's the most important takeaway. NO levels can be restored by L-arginine supplementation for if caffeine is consumed moderately. So I just want to emphasize that. So if you take tons of caffeine, don't think you're going to take a lot of caffeine and then take a lot of arginine there. It doesn't work that way. (coughs) So for moderate levels of caffeine, you can leverage, um, arginine, but don't expect it to OD on arginine to make up for high amounts of caffeine. Now, NO levels, um, uh, cannot be restored by L-arginine for if caffeine is consumed at high levels through caffeine supplements. And people with high ADMA levels, this is the other important takeaway, people, which means with you know cardiovascular issues like hypertension, arterial sclerosis, levels are most adversely affected by caffeine supplementation and their NO levels remain depressed even after L-arginine supplementation. This last bullet, the fifth bullet, I would really recommend everyone... Well, let's read it again. So people with high ADMA levels, which means people who have serious issues, high hypertension, serious cardiovascular issues are most adversely affected by caffeine supplementation and their NL levels remain depressed even after L-arginine supplementation. So there you go, everyone. I hope this was valuable. It is 549. We spent a little bit over an hour. But I hope you've learned, in summary, a number of important things here. Number one, that we need to take a systems approach. I hope this has motivated all of you to become truth, freedom and health warriors because you will learn the science of systems. You can apply it to your body, you can apply it to politics, and it's a way that you can also actually support our movement. Uh, So go to truthfreedomhealth.com and become a warrior scholar. The other thing you've, you've also learned is that arginine and caffeine are, you know, one increases NO, the other lowers it down. And you have also understood when you take a systems approach, you understand that the variable about your personal genetics, people with high hypertension, you can't just pop a lot of caffeine and then pop, pop, pop a lot of arginine to offset. It. it doesn't work that way. The body has some nonlinear dynamics. So anyway, I hope this was valuable. Um, I'm going to get back on track here. So I apologize uh, for not doing this regularly. But tomorrow afternoon, we're going to look at arugula. Which is something you find in salads and its effect on cardiovascular health. And in the mornings, I'll typically be doing sharing with people on the lawsuit. And also, everyone out there, as you know, separate from being a scientist and a technologist, I'm actually, along with many amazing volunteers, we participate in political activism. But one of the most important things we have going on now is our win back freedom lawsuit, where we've conclusively shown that the government censors speech. And I encourage everyone to go also to winbackfreedom.com, winbackfreedom.com, and support this historic lawsuit. The media is not going to cover this because we're exposing both left and right. Our lawsuit is showing that Republicans and Democrats in government have been working with big tech to suppress speech. So please go to winbackfreedom.com. Here's the website. If you type in winbackfreedom.com, we have a great uh, and contribute. Ideally, I want everyone to contribute even one dollar. All right. If people can contribute even one dollar to WinBackFreedom.com, we, we want to have about five million people contributing. As many of you know, I've been uh, doing this lawsuit all on my own. All the briefs I filed, but we have some amazing lawyers who've just joined, constitutional lawyers. But you know, they need to be paid, and we need to do depositions, etc., to help out. So go to WinBackFreedom.com and support even one dollar. Just go and give one dollar to be a part of this historic lawsuit. It this lawsuit is the tip of the spear, and it's it's going to be it is the most important lawsuit of the century. The judge on it said that this lawsuit will more than likely be a law school exam in every constitutional law class. So, a couple of homework assignments for all of you: go to truthfreedomandhealth.com, become a warrior scholar, and go to winbackfreedom.com as a part of your activism. In addition to learning, donate one dollar. Thank you, everyone. Have a good evening, be the light, be well, thank you. Be well everyone on Instagram.